We're going to Genesis chapter 13 tonight. And we're going to begin reading at verse 8. Genesis capítulo 13, el verso 8. Esta noche comenzando con verso 8 en adelante. We've been talking about Abraham, the friend of God. And tonight as we continue to look at the life of Abraham, I need uh, and want us to look at a scene uh, in the book of, uh, of the life of Abraham, uh, which whether or not happens exactly like this must happen in every one of our lives. Esta noche vamos a ver una escena en la vida de Abraham que aunque no ocurra exactamente como ocurre aquí, es necesario que ocurra en cada una de nuestras vidas. Génesis capítulo 13. I feel like I'm a little further away than usual. Capítulo 13, verso 8. It reads, So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If it is to the left, then I will go to the right. Or if it is to the right, then I will go to the left. So lift up your eyes. So he lifted up his eyes and saw the valley of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go to Zor. So Lot chose for himself the valley of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward, thus they separated from each other. And Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom, now the Lord, pardon, now the men of Sodom were wicked and exceedingly sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, After Lot had separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from this place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and came and dwelled at the Oaks of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you tonight for the presence of the Holy Spirit, uh, which is among us and which you have promised to us. We pray now that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach the word of God. And I pray that you would anoint this congregation that as we receive the word, that we might receive it with gladness of heart. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. I want to speak tonight about dealing with blind spots. I tell your neighbor, deal with the blind spots. Esta noche vamos a hablar de cómo tratar con... Uh, puntos ciegos en nuestra vida. Uh, all of us, because of our humanity, have blind spots. Todos nosotros, por nuestra humanidad, tenemos puntos ciegos. And a blind spot, in the natural sense, is a, a part of your eye that cannot see uh, in, in a particular direction. Generally, 
uh, if you are driving your car, we, we, we talk about blind spots in the car. Cuando usted va manejando su carro, usted uh, tiene algunos puntos ciegos. It's places that unless you turn around and look directly at it, you don't see it. Uh, lugares que... Uh, 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 Si no voltea la cabeza, usted no va a ver ciertos puntos de vista. Y de la misma manera en nuestras vidas hay puntos de ceguera espiritual y física. In our life there are also blind spots that occur in our life which can hinder us in our friendship with God. Y esos puntos ciegos a veces pueden limitar nuestra amistad y relación and so uh, tonight as we go through this study, I just want you to have an open heart to what God might say to you about the blind spots that might need to be dealt with in your life. Entonces esta noche le voy a pedir que abra su corazón y le diga Señor enséñame si hay algún punto ciego en mi vida o un área que tú quieres mostrarte a mí y la cual yo no puedo ver hasta ahorita. Now, uh, the book of Genesis gives us the story of Abraham. La vida de Abraham la encontramos aquí en uh, el libro de Génesis. Y uh, la vida de Abraham se trata de una promesa dada a Dios. The life of Abraham generally is, uh, uh, surrounds a promise that God gave to a man called Abraham. And this man would become the father of the nation of Israel. The Jewish nation. Este hombre se convertiría en el padre de la nación de Israel. But for the entire story of, of Abram's life in the book of Genesis, the majority of it is lived without the son that God had promised to him. La mayoría de la historia de Abraham en el libro de Genesis se vive sin ver a Isaac, sin ver al hijo prometido. And so the big question for most of Abraham's uh, narration, the, the part of his life that's de detailed, the big question is, who is my heir going to be? La gran, la gran pregunta en la vida de Abraham, en la parte de la narración que se ve en el libro de Génesis, es quién va a ser mi heredero? Who's going to be the heir of all of this wealth and all of this land that God has given me. ¿Quién va a ser el heredero de todo lo que Dios me ha prometido de la tierra y del dinero y de las, fama, de la, las finanzas que Dios me ha dado? And so the whole life of Abram, it, from the point of view of the scripture, in the, in the majority of it, is lived out trying to answer this question. And the, the reason I bring that up tonight is because what we see, the steps Abraham takes along the way, are often attempts to answer the question. Now, I already gave you the answer, and the fact is that Isaac will be the heir of Abram. But there are three men who come before Isaac who Abram thinks will be the heir. Hay tres hombres que llegan en el libro de Génesis antes de Isaac, quien Abraham piensa que van a ser el heredero de la promesa de Dios. And what, what, what I want you to see there is that there are always impostors to the promise of God. Siempre hay uh, falsos cumplimientos a la promesa de Dios o, o cosas que el enemigo pone que se parecen 
a lo que Dios quiere darnos, pero no son. Sometimes these imposters, they look like what God wants to give you, but the enemy is throwing them in there to prevent you from really obtaining what God has for your life. These three men that I mentioned are Lot, Eleazar, and Ishmael. Estos tres hombres que yo menciono son Lot, Eleazar, y Ismael. Every one of them, at one point or another in the life of Abraham, Abraham thought this is going to be the heir. This is going to be the one that God is going to work through. Uh, en cada caso, Abraham pensó con Lot, con Ismael, oh, perdón, con Eleazar y con Ismael, este va a ser el hombre o va a ser la, la puerta por la cual Dios va a trabajar, que Dios va a, a usar a esta, a este método y en cada caso Dios le dice no. In every case, God says no. He says no to Lot. He says no to Ishmael. And he says no to Eleazar. Because he has Isaac planned. Do you understand that when God says no to this, it's because he has something else planned over here. Cuando Dios dice no acá, es porque él tiene un sí acá. Say amen, somebody. If God is saying no to Lot, it's because there's an Isaac in the plan. Si Dios está diciendo no a Lot, es porque hay un Isaac en el plan. Uh, so you tell your neighbor, wait for your Isaac. You've got to wait for the promise that God has for you. Say amen, somebody. And uh, unless you do that, you end up settling for less than what God promised. And less than what God planned. Now, I want you to know that because we're going to be talking about Lot. We're going to be talking about the first imposter uh, in this saga of Abram's life. Now, what we see here tonight is we see that uh, Abram had gone off to Egypt. Remember, he saw a famine and he ran away and he went to Egypt and the test followed him. Uh, la semana pasada vimos que Abraham entró a una sequía y se asustó y se fue a Egipto a correr y ahí en Egipto se dio cuenta que él no podía correr del de examen. And so Abraham had to come back. He had to retrace his steps to the place where he had gotten off course. Él se había desviado y tuvo que regresar al lugar donde él se había desviado. And what we learned from that, uh, and what I want to reiterate tonight, is that uh, Abraham, by, by turning back, by going back to the place where he got off course, was able to get on the right track again with God. And this reminds us, that God is in the restoration business. Say amen, somebody. El, el regresar de Abraham al, al camino y a la senda que Dios tenía para él nos recuerda que Dios está en el negocio de la restauración. And so I just want to let you know that tonight because Abraham's story is, we're not studying Abraham's story because Abraham was a perfect friend of God and he never blew it and so he's a good example. No, that would be a terrible example, wouldn't it? If I set in front of you a, a pattern of somebody that was totally unlike us, that would be unrelatable. But Abraham is a perfect lesson for us because he did blow it and he did get off track and he did manage to still be a friend 
of God. And that sounds a lot more like me than, uh, I don't know about you, but it sounds a whole lot more like me and my journey. And that's what I want you to know tonight is that all of us have the option of coming back. If you've gotten off course, if you have detoured, there's always a place to get restored. And, and God is in the restoration business. He is about the, the, the business of putting you back on track. And it's a simple act of just returning to the Lord. Es tan fácil como regresar a Dios. So Abraham re returns to God and God begins to do the restoration in his life. In fact, the psalmist says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads, my, leads me by quiet waters. And, and then it says, and he restores my soul. And what does that mean except that sheep get off track? Sheep go astray. He led them to quiet waters, but somehow they ended up needing to be restored. And he says, he restores my soul to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Entonces, vemos el salmista dice que Jehová es mi pastor, nada me faltará, él me guía por lugares de delicados pastos y junto a agua de reposo me hará descansar y él restaura mi alma. Eso nos da a entender que aunque el pastor tiene agua de reposo. A veces nuestra alma se desvía como una oveja y tenemos que ser restaurados. Pero Dios es un Dios de restauración. So Abram now has returned to the path. He's returned now. He's gotten back on course. But something starts to happen. Algo comienza a ocurrir ahora en la vida de Abraham. And that is that when, when he left his homeland, God told him, leave Ur of the Chaldees, and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. When he left his homeland, he brought Lot with him. Cuando Abraham salió de Ur de los Caldeos, se trajo a Lot con él. So, so far, from um, Ur to uh, Canaan to Egypt to the Negev and now to Bethel, Lot has been a part of the journey. Now, Lot was Abraham's nephew. Lot era el sobrino de Abraham. And I just want, I want you to uh, kind of think about it like this because the Bible doesn't detail it quite like this, but we can see from how Abraham treats him that when God promises Abraham this land and he promise him, promises him all of these blessings, he doesn't have a son. Abraham doesn't have an heir. So he looks at his nephew and he thinks, this is going to be the one that God's going to give all of this to. And so from that moment on, in, Lot's in Abram's mind, Lot is the heir. And you know, Lot's name actually means blind spot or veil. El nombre Lot representa punto ciego o un velo. Ahora, lo que vemos aquí es que Dios le da una promesa a Abraham, pero porque Abraham piensa... Lot es el cumplimiento de esa promesa. Ahora Lot es un punto ciego en su vida. Now Lot becomes a blind spot in Abram's life. Uh, and, and for all this journey so far, Lot and Abram have been walking together. But Abram has been walking with a blind spot. And the thing is about blind spots is that you don't know that you have them. 
El punto es que cuando tú tienes un punto ciego No sabes que tienes un punto ciego Entonces uh, llegan momentos en, en nuestra vida Cuando es necesario que Dios nos revele el punto ciego Sometimes in our life uh, it comes uh, to a time when God has to reveal the blind spots And I brought this umbrella out here because I want to show you How blind spots work. Don't worry, it's not bad luck, all right? Um, uh, yo quiero usar esta, esta paraguas como un, un ejemplo de un punto ciego. This umbrella is your blind spot. E, esta uh, paraguas es un punto ciego. This is Lot in Abraham's life. Esto es lo que Lot es en la vida de Abraham. And so for as long as, as Lot is in Abraham's life, Mientras que Lot esté en la vida de Abraham, hay ciertas cosas que Abraham nunca va a poder ver. As long as Lot is in Abraham's life, there are certain things Abraham will not be able to see. And listen, this is significant because there's also lots in your life. That as long as they're there, there are things God wants you to see that you can't see. Mientras que usted tenga a un lot en su vida, va a haber cosas en su vida que usted no puede ver, que Dios quiere que usted vea. And so there comes a moment where God has to get Lot out of Abram's life. Llega un momento cuando Dios tiene que retirar a Lot de la vida de Abraham. And the Bible says that there became a conflict between Lot and his herdsmen. And Abram and his herdsmen se levantó un conflicto entre uh, los trabajadores de Lot y los trabajadores de Abraham. Y yo, what I want you to see there is that God uses a conflict in their life to start to stir things up in Abraham's mind and uh, to start to stir things up for Abram. Dios usa un conflicto para comenzar a, a estremecer algunas cosas en la vida de Abraham. Here's what I want you to understand. That when God stirs things up in your life, it is uh, often because he wants to reveal something. Cuando Dios comienza a traer una, una perturbo a tu vida es porque él quiere revelar algo a ti. Quiere, quiere moverte a un nivel nuevo. He wants to take you to a new level, to a new place. But listen, if you won't pray the blind spot out, and if you won't, uh, get, if you won't discern it, God says, I'm going to have to shake things up so that I can get this blockage out of your life. Si usted y yo no, lo queremos, no nos queremos retirar de esto, entonces Dios dice, bueno, yo voy a tener que retirarlo a través de estremecer las cosas. The book of Hebrews says that, that there, there, are, there is a time when things are shaken so that only the things that cannot be shaken remain. Dice el libro de Hebreos que hay momentos cuando las cosas son estremecidas para que solamente las cosas que no pueden ser estremecidas permanezcan. And, and I know that uh, might, it might seem like, Lord, I've been through a shaking lately. I've been through a, a, uh, a stirring lately. Well, can I tell you that if you will just look 
through that stirring, look past that, you'll see what God is trying to show you. Si usted deja que Dios, a través de ese de estremecer tu vida, si usted mira a través de eso, va a ver que Dios quiere revelar algo a tu vida. And so the Bible said that Lot, pardon, Abram comes to Lot, and he says, Lot, we're going to have to go our separate ways. There has to be a separation. There has to be a breaking away. You're going to have to go one way. I'm going to go to the other. And he gives Lot a chance. He gives Lot really a test. Here's the test. He's telling Lot, either you can stay with the, the promise or you can go your own way. But if you're going to stay with the promise, you're going to have to do it God's way. And guess what? That test will reveal the devil any day. Él le dice a Lot, mira Lot, vamos a tener que separarnos. Y ese es un examen para Lot. Porque él está diciendo, Lot, uh, si tú quieres, te quieres quedar con la promesa, tienes que vivir conforme el camino de Dios. Y si no, no. Y eso revela el carácter de Lot. That reveals the character of Lot. Now, uh, the Bible tells us this. And this is how we kind of know that this was Abraham's uh, idea. That, that Lot was his heir because he tells Lot, he says, you go to the right and I'll go to the left. Uh, you go, or you go to the left, I'll go to the right. You choose, your, you choose your path, I'll go the other. Well, where they were standing at Bethlehem and Ai was the middle point of the promised land. So he was telling Lot, you have your half, I'll have mine. He intends for Lot to stay in the promised land. Cuando Abraham le da esta decisión a Lot, dice, tú toma tu mitad, yo voy a tomar la mía. Entonces, él está diciendo, ve a la derecha, yo a la izquierda, y van a dividirse la tierra prometida. So, if you're, if you're standing where Abram is standing, then uh, when, you, when you divide the land, if you divide the land north and south, Lot will take one and Abram the other. But the Bible said that Lot looked around and instead of going into the promised land and choosing north or south, he went east. That was outside of the promised land. Lot, cuando él tiene su decisión, escoge ir al este, que es fuera de la tierra prometida. And so Lot is now leaving the promised land. Listen, guys, the flesh cannot inherit the promised land. Lot is a picture of the flesh. And when you give the flesh, listen, every time you give the flesh the choice, you say, do you want to go forward with God or you want to go back to where we were? Guess what the flesh is going to choose? I want to go back. I want to go back to the parties. I want to go back to the friends. I want to go back to the stuff I knew. And why? Because the flesh cannot discern the value of spiritual things. And, and I want you to understand the, the geography of this because really what Lot looked at when he looked forward, he saw the land of Canaan. It was a desert. He looked back, he saw the valley of Jordan. He saw where there were cities called Sodom and Gomorrah, and they were full of green pastures. And he thought, I'm going to go where the money is. I'm going to go where the pleasures are. I'm going to go where the fun is. 
And he thought with the natural eye. He saw with the natural eye what only the, the natural eye can see. And we know then that the flesh always goes toward what it can see in the natural. And let me just ask you some questions right here. How many of you have ever made a decision based purely on the natural? When you choose based purely on what you can see physically, you're not even getting half the picture. Because you might, you might see the most beautiful woman or the most handsome man in the natural. And in the, physic, in the spiritual, not, not quite so beautiful. And, and you might say, well, you know what? I, I see a job over there, a house over there, or this car over here. And the natural can be, can be luring and deceptive. But that's why you and I have to not walk by the natural. We have to walk by the spirit. Because when Lot is given the choice, he chooses what he can see with the eye. And his eye takes him back. His eye takes him towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you keep reading the book of Genesis, you're going to discover that Lot later has to be rescued. Because he's left the, the, the place of promise. He's left the place of the will of God. And he's gone into a place that God will not bless. And so now uh, he's got a choice to make. And Abram, he sees that desert. But with the eye of the spirit, he sees a land flowing with milk and honey. He sees a place that God has blessed, a place that God has caused his name to dwell. He sees a place where God is going to raise up a, a, a savior, a place where God is going to raise up a redeemer for the world. And what Lot chooses ends up getting destroyed in a few chapters by fire and brimstone. And what Abraham chooses till this day is still being blessed and favored by God and is green and, and uh, productive and fruitful both in the natural and in the spiritual. Because Abraham was able to see with the eye of the spirit because the blind spot was out of his eye. The blind spot was out of his life. So there's three things we see in Lot's decision. First, we see self-will. He goes outside of the will of God to the will of Lot. And the second thing we see is that he saw with the eye of the flesh, not the eye of the spirit. A third thing we see is that he saw based on comparison and not based on discernment. Uh, lo tercero que vemos es que Lot hizo la decisión basado en la comparación y no el discernimiento. Listen, comparison will always get you into trouble. La comparación siempre te va a poner en problemas. When you start comparing yourself with somebody else, or your calling with someone else's calling, or your gifts with someone else's gifts, or your husband and wife with someone else's husband and wife, or your church with somebody else's church, you're going to get into trouble. Why? Because God didn't call you to that. He called you to this. And if he called you to this, then you need to discern what God is doing in the situation you're in right now. Say amen, somebody. Comparison is a trap. La comparación es una trampa. Y si usted aprende mejor a discernir, ¿qué es lo que Dios está haciendo? ¿Qué es lo que Dios está diciendo? ¿Qué es lo que Dios quiere lograr en esto? Ahora usted puede recibir 
el plan y el propósito de Dios en su vida. And then we see that this was a decision based on compromise. Lot looks over there, he sees Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says that he's going to go and pitch his tent towards Sodom. Now, if you, if you guys know your Bible, you know what's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is sin city. On top of being very fruitful, it's also very sinful. And you might say, well, that, how can, it, it, can't be, it can't be blessed and sinful. And Lord, Lord's put some good stuff in there, Pastor. Somebody's got to enjoy it. He pitches his tent towards Sodom and he begins to compromise. Listen, we see him first look. This is the path of sin. We see him first look and then he goes and pitches his tent. Now he's, he's, he's living outside of it. And then the next time we see him, he's sitting at the city gates and he lives in the city. Listen, that's how sin works. It begins first by lure, the lure of the eyes. And then you want to sit next to it. I don't want to live there. I just want to know what's going on over there. And then you're living in it. Come on, it's getting quiet in here now. And if you're, if you're blessed enough like Lot was, you can get rescued from it. But if you didn't go see it, you wouldn't have to be rescued from it. See, a lot of people, they play with sin saying, I'm just going to get rescued from it. Well, why would you go and, and play with something you're going to have to get rescued from? The way you get rescued from it is to not go there in the first place, to say, me and Sodom, we have nothing together. We have nothing uh, that, can, that can bring us together, nothing to share. And the Bible tells us that. It says, what communion have the dark with the light? Listen, you can't, you can't play around with sin. Usted no puede jugar con el pecado. Lot primero lo ve y luego se, se acerca y para cuando acuerda ya está viviendo ahí y tiene que ser rescatado de aquel problema y para entonces ya es muy tarde. Y lo que vemos ahí es que usted no puede jugar con el pecado. Listen church, don't play with sin. And Lot, Lot's life is a warning for us. Now, on the other hand, you look at Abram. Abram might think, well, he picked the better part. He picked the green. He picked the, the, uh, the blessed. He, he, picked, he picked the prosperous. But really what happened was that when Lot left, I want you to read this with me because I, I need you to see this for your own life right here. Verse 14. Actually, look at verse 13. Now, the men of Sodom were wicked Uh, verse 12 says, Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. And the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly and sinners against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram. Now underline that word said. Listen, look at what happens. Lot is a blind spot in Abram's life. As soon as They separate. As soon as he gets the blind spot out of his life, what happens? God speaks. 
Hmm. Did you, did you notice that connection? Let me make it for you real quick, real simple. Say it with me. If I get the blind spot out of my life, I'll be able to hear God. Hmm. Interesting. So you're telling me, Pastor, if I want to hear God, if right now I'm going through and saying, I just can't hear the Lord, I can't hear God, what are you telling me? I'm telling you, get the blind spot out of your life. Because when the blind spot is out of your life, God speaks. You know, often we, we want to blame God for not speaking. But we really have to take responsibility for not listening. Because what is Lot if not another voice? As long as Lot is in the picture, he's another voice. You have God, Abram, Lot. God, Abram, Lot. And so God says, Abram, I want to do this. Lot says, I would do it differently. And the blind spot creates a, 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 a blockage between Abram and God. And so God allows this trouble to come in between them so that he can get sh shaken out of the way so that now Abram can hear what God is trying to say into his life. And what we notice then is that the, the revelation starts to happen for Abraham. And God begins to speak. God begins to move. So what we need to deal with tonight are what are the blind spots that may have come into your life to hinder what God is trying to say. All right, let me give you a few blind spots. Number one, the blind spot may be a person. Número uno, el punto ciego puede ser una persona. Now, I have to be very clear because right now I think some of you are thinking, Aha, Pastor just gave me my way out of this marriage. Uh, too bad. You can't use that here. Listen, the blind spot might be a person in your life. It might be a voice. Say it with me, a third voice. You got to be very careful not to allow a third voice in between your relationship with God and between your marriage. Listen, third voices always cause trouble. If a wife and husband are having a problem and they go to a third voice and that third voice is not God, that third voice tells her, well, you know, you ought to just get rid of this guy already. He's been weighing you down a long time. Or, or a third voice goes to him and says, I told you you shouldn't have married her and it's not too late because y'all don't have any kids yet. And, and that third voice comes to drive a wedge between a marriage. It comes to drive a wedge between you and God. Sometimes a third voice comes to drive a wedge between you and your church. Come on. These voices come. It could be a person that's in your life, and you think, well, it's my friend. We've been friends since kindergarten. We've been hanging out forever. She, she's got my best interest at heart. He's got my best interest at heart. And all along, everywhere you go, you have this big spot That you can't see that what they're actually telling you is not the word of God. It's not from the spirit of God. It's their own opinion and it's their own motive. 
So you got to discern, are these people, is this person really speaking God's word to me, or are they speaking their will into my life? So that blind spot might be a person. It might be a friend. It might be an acquaintance that you might have and you might have trusted in. But listen, you've got to know when you're hearing from God, and you've got to know when you're hearing from man. And that requires discernment. That requires you to be able to sense what is the Spirit of God saying. That's why I encourage you, always seek godly counsel. Listen, guys, don't get advice from people that need counseling. Don't get advice from people that need advice. Look, if you want to have, if you want to have a voice that's going to speak into your life, let it be a spiritual voice, a voice that's bearing fruit, somebody that you can see and see they have fruit in their life. And until you and I are careful about that, we just let anybody speak into our life. They create blockages from hearing the voice of God. And many times we don't, we're not even conscious of it anymore. We're not even thinking about it anymore. And it doesn't mean that they can't be your friend or that they, you can't ever associate them. And if, the, if you see them at H-E-B, you got to take a hard right and hit, head down the cereal aisle. I don't mean that. I just mean you don't let them into your holy place to talk with you and God. You don't let them sit at your dinner table and decide how you're going to treat your husband today or how you're going to treat your wife today or how you're going to treat your children today because their voice is not the voice God designed to lead you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. Are you here? Right. Another blind spot might be a habit might be a habit in your life that's a blind spot. And, and we tend to get real defensive of our habits. But it might be a habit in your life. Quizá un hábito es tu punto ciego. Que mientras no lo dejas, no puedes ver y oír lo que Dios quiere decirte. And while, while you don't get it out of your life, it's keeping you from being able to progress. Being able to get where God wants to get you and to, and, and to arrive on time and on schedule. And so God is telling you tonight, you've got to let me break this out of your life. You've got to let me, you've got to let me get this out of your life. It could be anything. It could be smoking. It could be alcohol. It, might, it could be a drug. It could be uh, a TV show. I don't know what it is. It's a, a lot of things. We, we're weird. Human beings are weird. We make gods and idols out of everything. You know, some people, their, their blind spot is, is, a, is a sports team. They can't, they can't hear God over the game. What's that, Lord? Catch me in the commercials. And God says, if you don't let Lot out of your life, you can't hear me. Another one is mindsets. This is probably the most common one. 
Otro uh, punto ciego es mentalidades. Este es el más común. Because it's easy to identify a person. It's very easy to identify a habit. But it's a lot harder to identify a mindset. But think about these mindsets. One of the mindsets is denial. Uno de los, una de las mentalidades que a veces nos ciega es el negar las cosas. Denial, uh, someone has said, is not a river in Egypt. Uh, one time I taught in, in uh, Swaziland. Swaziland at the moment, at the time, had 40% infection rate of AIDS. And I asked the students in this particular class, about 40 of them, I said, how many of you have lost a parent to AIDS? Everyone raise their hand. I asked the second question, how many of you have lost both parents to AIDS? I didn't expect everyone in the room raise their hand. 40 high school students, both parents gone. And I, I said, the only answer for Swaziland and the only way to cure this epidemic is Jesus Christ. And one hand went up. He said, what, what epidemic? What problem? I was stunned. 48 orphans and they still couldn't see the problem. That's denial. When all your friends are telling you, you have a problem, but you can't see it. Circumstances are telling you, you have a problem. Maybe your husband says, you spend too much money, honey. I don't see it. I just don't see it. <laughs> Trying to shove the closet door closed. I, I don't see it. Maybe your wife's telling you, you don't spend enough time with the kids. You spend too much time with your buddies. I don't see it. It's a blind spot. And it's keeping you not only from able, being able to hear the voice of others, but to hear the voice of God. Another one is selfishness. Otro de los puntos ciegos es el yo, lo que yo quiero. Mi punto de vista, my, my way, my point of view, my thought. Another of, of these blind spots is bitterness. It comes from justifiable resentment. Otro de estos puntos es la amargura que viene de la justificación o el resentimiento justificado. You know, all of us, if we really think about it, we have justifiable resentment. We say, I have a right to be mad at you. I have a right not to like them. I have a right to hate them. I have a right to not want to talk to them. But that that is creating bitterness in your life, which is a blind spot. Where God says, unless you forgive, unless you get that out of your life, you can't hear from me. It's going to block what I'm trying to do in your life. It's going to block what I'm trying to create in you. I'm trying to form in you a better man, a better woman. But as long as you cling to that justified resentment, you can't. You can't move on. I've, I've seen situations where people just, they refuse to forgive. Why? Because they think, 
if I forgive, I'm letting him get away with it. If I forgive, I'm letting her get away with it. Listen, you're better off letting that in God's hands. God won't let anybody get away with anything. But in the meantime, until you forgive, you are holding yourself back from becoming what God has designed for you to become. And that blind spot is keeping you from being able to see. You know, let me just use this example. If you have, a blind, if you have not forgiven someone who hurt you in the past, someone that you loved and who broke that, that commitment to you, and now, now God wants you to see the next person he wants you to love, and you can't see them. There's people who can't receive love because every time love comes in their direction, all I see is the man that hurt me or the woman who hurt me last time. Guess what? You need to put that thing down so that God can bring that blessing into your life. I just, I just thought about this. Uh, when, my, when my grandfather was... Uh, in his final years, he had vision problems. And my grandmother would say, Lo que no debe de ver, ve. <laughs> like, he was almost blind, but he would see stuff. And is, isn't that just how it is with us? The stuff we shouldn't see, we can see. And the stuff that we need to see is, is blocked. Only the Holy Spirit can do this. Only the Holy Spirit can remove the blind spot that's keeping you from becoming and seeing what God wants you to see. Another one is pride. I don't have a pride. I don't have a problem. Some people say, I'm so humble, I need to pray for pride. Say it again. When Lot leaves your life, God will speak. Look at what happens. Are you there? Do you have your Bible open? The Lord said to Abram, when? After Lot. Tell your neighbor, there is life after Lot. Say amen, somebody. When did God speak? After Lot. After Lot had separated from him, what did God say? Now, lift up your eyes. Dios, después de que Lot se separó de Abraham, dice el verso 14, que Dios habló y le dijo, ahora levanta tus ojos. Listen, God is telling somebody tonight, now lift up your eyes. Get a new vision. Get a new vision. Because look, as long as you have that blind spot about what you lost, you can't see what you can gain. But when you put that down, you can lift up your eyes and you can say, you know what? I lost that thing, but there's a better one over there. 
Come on, somebody. You say, I lost that job, but there's a better paying job over there. I may have lost that relationship, but mine is over there. Come on, somebody. You might say, I lost that house, but my house is over there. God says, now lift up your eyes. Get a new vision, a new perspective. Notice, I hope you'll go back home and, and read these verses and read them word for word. Because this is God's message to each one of you. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Which way? Underline this. North, south, east, west. Look in every direction now, Abram. Look to the north, the south, the east, the west. For all the land which you see. I will give to you and your descendants forever. Now, I want you to understand the picture here. Lot leaves, and with him leaves the hope that he was the heir. And when you see that, you also see this, that Abram was willing to part with the land. God had promised him the land. And Abram was willing to sacrifice the land just to give peace to Lot. And now God says, you didn't have to give up half of it. I'm giving you all of it. Lift up your eyes and all that you can see, I'm going to give to you and to your descendants. He's telling telling Abram, I have a Isaac in your future. Your descendant isn't Lot. The thing that I promised you isn't Lot. And he watches Lot go, but he receives an enhancement of the picture now. And then God tells him another instruction. He says, arise and walk. Go and spy out the land. Go and see all that I have put into your hands. He's giving him the instruction which is inevitably going to come into every person's life. If you're going to achieve or obtain the promised land, you're going to have to see it with your spirit. And you're going to have to go out and take it. It's not just going to happen. Lot will show up in your life to hinder you. You're going to have to come at a moment of separation from that blind spot. And when you see that, you can see the whole picture. Abram at this moment gets a whole picture of what God wants to do in his life. And and right now, I, I think most of you in this room, you have part of your picture. God says, I want to show you all that I want to see. I want you to see in your life. But you're going to have to leave these blind spots out. You're going to have to let these blind spots out of your life so that I can work. And you might say, but Lord, that thing is is important to me. It's dear to me. That person, that friendship, that association, that habit, it's dear to me. God says, it cannot be more dear to you than what I want to bring into your life. Let me have it. Give it to me. And that's what Abram did. He actually gave God the promise. 
and God restored it to him fully in its entirety, more than he could have asked or even dreamed or imagined. But so we have to see what the scripture uh, says as true. When God says, what fellowship can the light have with the darkness? Or what harmony does Christ have with Baal or the believer in common with the unbeliever? So he says, come out from among them and be separate. God says you've got to have a separate vision than the vision of the world. You have a separate a lifestyle than the lifestyle of the world. You have to have a separate mindset than the mindset of the world. And when you walk in that separation, you can hear God's voice. You can be led by the Spirit of God. Jesus said it like this. He said, I do not pray that you should be taken out of the world, but he said that you should be kept from the evil one. He said, Lord, I know my sheep are going to walk through a world that's full of deceptions and traps, and I know that you're not just going to take them out of the earth, but I am asking you to keep the blind spots out of their life so that they can see you and hear you and know you and be your friend. And tonight, this is my challenge to you. Ask God to reveal the blind spots that may be in your life and to let them be taken out of your life, whatever the cost, so that you can arrive to the place of God's blessing and God's promise over your life. Can you say amen? amen. Let's stand together for a few minutes as the children come back. Would you stand with me and just... Make this commitment tonight to God. Just ask him, Lord, show me if there are any blind spots in my walk with you. If there's justified resentment or pride or self-will. If there's a habit or a person, a group of friends, a third voice. It's hindering your voice. If I've been selfish or denying the things that are real and, and happening in my life, I ask you to remove that. Take it out of the way. Because when Lot leaves, you will speak. I want to hear your voice. I want to be led by your spirit. I want to be governed by the Holy Spirit. Would you just tell that to God tonight? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, this is the prayer of our hearts. Yes, Lord. When the devil comes let your word Maybe tonight you need restoration. God's in the restoring business. And he wants to restore your life. I'm going to open this altar tonight. If you need to come into this altar, would you come? The elders will help me pray tonight. Just come and find a place before God if you need that tonight. This is your moment. A moment for breakthrough, a moment for choices.
Just like Abram told Lot, God says to you, the whole land is in front of you tonight. You choose. You decide the life of the flesh or the life of the spirit. 